joining me out of the gate. Rarely do we do this. It must be an important person. I have a guest. He's a guest you all know. Now I know him. James Golden, you all know. Bo Snurdly. Joining me by phone. James, how are you? Eric, I am great. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. Gosh, I'm so glad I am honored you would do it. Uh, it it's, I mean, for those who don't know, it, James and I, we, we we send texts regularly. Hadn't seen you in a while. It's just good to hear your voice. It is so good to hear your voice too, Eric. And uh, what's wrong with your MacBook Pro over there, buddy? I, I, I upgraded to Monterey and the, the fans have just spun up on me. I did it last night. I probably shouldn't have, but you know, I've got the new laptop coming in. I, I, I ordered it as quick as I could. You, your, your former boss and I, God rest him, we used to race each other to buy these things. And I got mine while I was in the middle of the show on commercial break. So you got the 16 inch MacBook Pro, did you? Uh-huh. I did. Yeah, Fully well, loaded. tell me how it works. I may have to follow your lead and go pick one up because guess what? <laughs> I have graded my MacBook Pro, and my fans mm-hmm. have been going out of control ever since. <laughs> of course, of course. Yes. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's the demand to get the new one. Of course. Now that we're not here to talk about Max, though, so you, you've got a book coming out, and I, yes. I want people to have an opportunity to buy it. So I've set up a, a link on Amazon for for listeners. If you text my name Eric to three three seven seven seven, you will get an Amazon link to James's new book about his time with Rush, called Rush on the Radio. So tell me about the book. Eric, um, first of all, it, it was difficult in that it, this is also so life-changingly raw. You know, yeah. it's been less than a year, and, and it, 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 it's amazing to me. Some days I still wake up expecting to go to work at uh, the Southern Command and see Rush and and the rest of it. But what I wanted to do was do a book that kind of gave people a, the kind of an inside look at what it was like working with Rush for the decades that I worked with Rush. Some of the people that we worked with on the EIB staff, some of our guest hosts, including you, <laughs> and <laughs> what it was like being on the inside. Because I think it's important that we, the people that love Rush Limbaugh, that absolutely loved and adored this man, define his legacy. He was such an important figure in not just the American political scene, but in the American cultural scene and the American philanthropist scene. Rush was such a charitable giver and he did so many good works. He and his wife, Catherine mm-hmm. have made life better for so many people, regardless of political ideology, because of their work with various charities. And just as a friend, as a human being, Eric, Rush was just a great guy and a very private man, um, worked a lot and his and loved doing the show. In fact, one of the things that I, I mentioned is that, you know, Eric, if I had gotten the same kind of diagnosis that he got, I, I don't think that I would have continued working. His bucket list, though, was his show every day. Every day that he could, every single day that he could be with his audience, that's what he did. And it was, it took a tremendous toll on him after the show some days. He was so tired, but you couldn't tell during the show. His energy was just amazing. And he was just, you know, Rush was larger than life. He really was because that's who he was as a person. I was always struck after his diagnosis. You know, he he and Christy, my wife, have a very similar strain 
of lung cancer and he would regularly check in on her. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. worried about him and not wanting to bother him. And he's randomly sending me emails, including sending me um, in just the weeks before the end there, a brand new iPhone for her because he felt like I had fallen down on my job and not gotten her the latest iPhone and he needed to make sure she had one. (laughs) I I I was always amazed. Isn't that just, that's just, that's, that's, that's what I mean. And you know what? So many people around this country have stories, not just about how Rush impacted them, um, but there's so many stories about his generosity to, mm-hmm. to individuals that he never wanted known that, that are surfacing. Right. I didn't have the room, of course, to put all of those in the book. But, I mean, it's, I think that's why it's important for all of us who knew Rush and who love Rush to actually be very vocal about defining his legacy and not let the left define for history who Rush Limbaugh was. Amen to that. So how did you become the call screener behind the scenes for Rush? I was rotated on it. So first I met Rush the first day he was in New York. When he was coming into the ABC building at 1330 Avenue of the Americas, he was coming in with Ed McLaughlin, who I knew. Now, it wasn't until um, months, months later that I was rotated on the show. That was the arrangement that Rush had with WABC that they would provide the call screener and the engineer. Um, and, you know, once on the show, we just clicked. And, mm-hmm. and that was just, we just clicked. Our backgrounds are similar. We both loved radio from early on. Um, Rush started working professionally much younger than I did. I got my first job in, in radio when I was in my young 20s, but I had been hanging around radio stations since I was 14 years old. Um, and we both loved this medium, so we clicked. And I started screening the calls and later on started doing some other things with the program. And once on, like so many other of Russia's employees, once on, you just never wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, Rush had the, so many people on our staff. We have what maybe for the size of the show, a small staff, mostly under, it was an organization of under 50 people. But let me tell you something. Everybody could have written this book that worked for us because we all loved Rush. We all wanted to do, we all wanted to please him. We all wanted to, because he embodied excellence. He was about excellence. He hired you. He left you alone to do your job, you know, and you, and, and he expected you to do it expertly and we all wanted to live up to his expectations and we all loved him as a human being and so you have employees of his that came on and have been there like me for decades people never left because they just wanted to be there he Mm -hmm. was an amazing boss he was an amazing human being you know I, I, I got to tell you, you were one of the very few times Rush ever got mad at me was it was your fault. <laughs> oh, uh, so, you know, I, I had invited you a couple of years ago to, to the, the uh, gathering we did in Atlanta. And then I mentioned to Rush that I had invited you. And, and hey, Rush, by the way, if you want to go, one of the very few times the man ever called me on the phone, because you know how much he hated that. And he was upset that I had invited you before inviting him. And I said, well, oh, you're, 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 you're Rush Limbaugh. There, there, there's no way that, that I, 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 you would be too busy. You wouldn't want to come. I, I couldn't cover your costs to come. Uh, I would love to have you, but just assume you'd be too busy. And he's like, oh, okay, I get that. And yeah, I, I, I can't come, but you should ask me too. 
Oh, that just, is just too funny. It just one of there. I can count on on one hand the number of times the man ever called me. One of which he found out I was in the in the hospital with those blood clots several years ago, and and was one of the yeah, very few people to call the hospital. He just the generosity of that guy. And you're right, the I'm stories coming out from random people who were impacted by just the, his kindnesses over the years is amazing. So, what was it like for you to host this radio program? You know, I, I tell people all the time, the very first time y'all brought me up to the studio in New York and, and you're yeah. in there and I, I'm looking at you. I said something on the radio and realized you're looking right at me and you're yelling and your hands are flailing. And I go in and it, it was uh, while Kit Carson was still there. And I said, what have I done? And he said, oh, no, that's just just James talking to a caller. I thought I'd made you all mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I was like, I'm never ball. doing this again, am I? We. <laughs> We had such a, and it, we had a lot of fun, isn't that, you know, and that was, that was the part that was infectious. Yes. We talked about issues and we're really serious about the politics. We're really, really serious about wanting America to be the greatest nation that it can be and having everything available for her people that should be available because that's our birthright as Americans to access the American dream. And yeah, we believe all that, but we also had a lot of fun. And we and we'd like to have fun with each other, and I'm just so happy that you were part of our family, Eric. Because I I enjoyed it, and it, you know I wouldn't be doing this job at all except when when WSB in Atlanta offered me that job, and I mentioned it to him, and and he told me he'd never speak to me again if I didn't. I'd be crazy not to, and and he was right. I, I would I, if I could do radio. Everybody in radio, it seems like, wants to do something else. I just want to do radio every day and and keep people company where they are and, and entertain and wouldn't be doing it but for him and see isn't that just who he is to always encouraging always mm -hmm. wanting you to experience what he had which is to be able to live your dreams and that's right. what i mean he was very encouraging of everybody if you had a dream he wanted you to explore it and he he would talk about this often and doesn't this so go beyond politics you were talking about the fact that if you found the thing that you were passionate about, that thing, that you should pursue it at all means. And for him, that thing was radio. But whatever mm -hmm. thing that is, pursue it. And don't worry about the money. Pursue right. it for its own sake. And the rest that's supposed to happen to you will come. Absolutely. For those of you just tuning in, I'm talking to Boast Nerdly, James Golden. He's got a book out on his time with Rush and Rush's generosity. You can text the word Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. I'll, I'll send you a link back so you can order the book. Now, James, before you get off here, I, I would be remiss in not talking to you about the current political landscape. We've got the Virginia election today, and there is more and more and more data that particularly young black men are inclined to vote Republican for the first time in several generations. And I, I know you've got insight on that. Would love to get your opinions on it. Well, you know, here's the thing. People tend to forget this. Trump, Donald Trump, had a very different profile among young black men than any other uh, Republican politician. And why is that? Well, if you go back and you look at the culture, especially the culture surrounding the music, the rap culture, he used to get mentioned before he was even in politics in so many songs because they saw him as the epitome of success. And that was part of that whole culture. So they're more open to it. 
if you look overall, and I did not realize this until very recently, Donald Trump got 30% of the youth vote in the last cycle, 30%. Now add to all of that. What are we seeing in Virginia? We're seeing this, we're seeing finally a backlash to some of this hardcore extremist, anti-American racial uh, CRT business that's been going on. And we see Terry McAuliffe completely blindsided by it, not knowing how to respond. He responds by bringing Obama in, who demonizes the parents. Joe Biden demonizes the parents. Uh, he, and so he's been left kind of flat-footed in all of this. Long story short, there is an awakening that is occurring. We are only beginning to see it, in my view. This is going to continue to grow if we have the right candidates who can talk about it with their constituents. I wouldn't be at all surprised if we win Virginia tonight. Mm -hmm. I think we will. I also wouldn't be surprised if there's an upset in the New Jersey gubernatorial race. That's within four points. Mm -hmm. So I hope that happens as well. I hope so. I, I think we're trending in the right direction. Well, look, I, I, I could talk to you all day and, and we're on the clock here. You know how this works. And I you know, just I hope you sell a ton of books. And I'm always happy to fire my call screener if, if you ever want to go back to call screening. <laughs> well, Eric, thank you so much. And thank you again, my friend, for having me on. I appreciate it. And God bless you and your family, Eric. Thank you, you too. Oh, and look, we didn't even talk cooking, James, and we hadn't even gotten to that. <laughs> Which, one of these days, we will. Okay, thanks, One Eric. of these days. Take care, James. James Golden, Bo Snerdly. Uh if, if you want the book, text the word ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. It, it's a great one about his time with Rush and, and all the, the great things Rush did.